Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with crime thriller author of 34 books and counting, Philip Strang. Philip is prolific with his writing and his publishing and his marketing. So today I targeted him on marketing, specifically advertising for authors, and we chat about his dedicated and consistent writing practice, defining the type of author you want to be, the importance of marketing, email lists and social media platforms, Amazon and Facebook ad spend, use keywords, and much more. So in my author adventure this week, my antsiness with currently checking submittable is over and unfortunately it ended in rejection for my picture book, The Shouting Family. It's a shame because I, obviously I was checking the submittable a lot thinking, oh, it's well overdue for the time that the publisher had specified to review it. And then I saw the status had changed from in progress to new and I've never seen that before. So I was like, what does this mean? What's this? <laughs> I was getting excited. And then I sort of looked it up and uh, I think new just means it's maybe been flagged by an editor to either review or whatever it was. Uh, it's pretty much the same as in progress. And then I received the, the email declining it, uh, which was bittersweet. But you know what? I actually felt this time like <laughs> thought went through like, oh gosh, you know, I'm getting a bit bored of this <laughs> but it was definitely less than a less of a blow than it always has been in the past i am definitely starting to take these more on the chin i don't it's not my work it's it's absolutely not that's how i feel I, I will have a look at it and see if there's anything that i could do to tweak it or just yeah sit, send it back out there it will make its way back out again and i will continue to play the publishing game of submitting to traditional publishing houses because at this stage i'm just not interested in self-publishing children's fiction i'm also writing another fun quirky b picture book which i'm going to shoot across to my squibby west critique group members uh just for a review and see if i can get some feedback there so that's that's about it. I hadn't actually planned to write any children's fiction this year because I'm just use I want to work on the stuff I've already got or, or just make use of that. Um, and obviously because I'm involved heavily involved in a women's fiction project, which you can hear about on my newsletter if you're interested. That's over at hybridauthor.com.au and you can sign up for your free author pass and start getting newsletters from me regarding updates on this project and and other hybrid author stuff that i chat about on there very personal in caravan plans i have been busy contacting libraries well we're in darwin um we're here for the next month and so i've been busy contacting libraries and program directors to see if anyone is interested in hosting me for an author talk or, or one of my workshops 
but uh, I, I run the workshops for my non-fiction books more delve deeper into them rather than just sort of chatting about them that was the, was the hard part about the caravanning I said to my husband it's a bit hard for me he just wanted to, he wants to just wing it and wing everything but I said to him it's hard for me to do that you know from a business perspective because with libraries you know chatting to the librarian up this way their Darwin City Library they have a program that they put together a six to eight week program so obviously me being here for a month that's not gonna help it's not good enough so there is other libraries there was Palmerston City Library I spoke to a lovely lady there and unfortunately she'd just taken someone on for an event that was quite similar to something that I was doing but yeah they both gave me some good feedback said what I offer is very varied um, and good so uh, what I'm gonna do I think is probably start pitching myself and putting myself out there for Queensland the next stage of our um, travels because that we're, we're not going to be heading across there till sort of uh, mid-July. And uh, yeah, that that's sort of hopefully puts me ahead of the game. I've also finished my freelance article and that's gone. So there's been lots happening this week. I've been feeling quite thrilled and excited and uh, about where the career's going, the writing. And yeah, just feeling, feeling like I've got my hands in a lot of stuff. But it's all, it's all good and it's all going to come together. I know that. So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author. Let's all support each other. In his early 20s, Philip Strang, with a degree in electronics engineering, left England for Sydney, Australia. Now, nearly 50 years later, he still resides in Australia, although many intervening years spent in a myriad of countries, some calm and safe, others no more than war zones. The author of 34 books, the majority of them crime thrillers based in the United Kingdom, he has also written several books on terrorism and one on a pandemic. Incredible bio, Philip. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast. Thank you. Pleased to be here. Can you tell us, how did you come to have this amazing authorship career? I decided to start writing in about 2015 uh, after being overseas for a long period of time, coming and going to Australia quite a lot. I came back in 2015, the instigation of my wife and daughter to start writing about places I'd been, people I'd met, and, and so on and so on. And once I started writing, I, I found I could do it. I mean, I certainly didn't know how to format or what font to use at that point in time, but I could get the words down. And I've continued to do so, but it's hard. It's very, very hard. It's discipline. You have to write every day. You have, and you have, even if you don't feel like it, you still have to do it. Mm, well, it sounds like you've definitely been doing it because you are the author of 34 books and counting, which you said, you know, you wrote 10 in 10 months. That's insane. Please tell us, you know, what did that writing and publishing schedule look like? Well, let me explain. I, I'd been working on a project in South Africa in Cape Town. I mean, Cape Town is a beautiful place, but I'd, I'd had enough of traveling the world and living in motels and so on away from home. I'd, I'd got tired of that. And I realized and I understood, because at that point in time, I, I had written two books, that if I wanted to make an income from writing, I had to take some fairly drastic actions. And it's pretty clear to me, and it still is clear, 
that the easiest way to sell lots of books is to write lots of books. So for 10 months, I got up every morning at four o'clock, never missed it, and wrote. In those days, because the words were still pouring out of me, I could sit down and write five, six, seven, eight thousand words in a day, wow. sometimes more. I don't think I can do that now. Uh, on reflection, if you think of the number of books I've written, I've written over three million words. I mean, you can't keep pouring words out easily at three million words. I could imagine the, um, do you type? The wrist probably got a bit sore. I type on a laptop. But the one advantage was years ago, I learned to touch type. Mm. I highly recommend it. It's so much easier. I don't have to look at the keys or, or worry about that. I can just, I can type faster than I can write. Yeah. Well, do you think that the stories poured out of you uh, because you were, there were, some of them are self-reflecting on maybe some of the places you've been and, and things like that? Uh, very much so. The characters, I would say. Um, the, the characters, names were changed, places were changed, their job titles were changed. Uh, um Yes, I, I, I had a lot of I had a lot of input on places I'd been and people I'd met, situations. I mean, I did travel a lot, and I went to some I wouldn't say wild, interesting places. Mm. And so, these- I mean, I, I I went into semi war zones. I never had any trouble, but you need to be a bit aware. You need to be careful. And just common sense and have your guard up, I suppose. Did you, um, with these books, so you obviously sat, you had this writing routine, four o'clock in the morning, got up each day. And did you plan any of the books or was it just, you said, you know, like you said, the words pouring out of you, you just went, went with the flow? I, I, I sit down and start writing. I, I have a loose idea of what the book's about, a very loose idea, but. I certainly don't plot. I've tried it because I know some people believe you need to plot and and that's fine. And other people just sit down at the keyboard and let it go. And if you're writing, there are periods of time when you think you're writing a technical report. You just can't feel for it, but you've got to write through it. And if you've got enough words and the story is there, then edit, Hmm. edit, extensively edit. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I absolutely agree with what you said prior about, you know, you said to yourself, if you want to make some money, you've got to write a lot of books, which is absolutely true. At what number of books did you start to see this become real for you? Did you start to earn an author income from your 34 books? Was it like around about the number five mark or 10 mark? Well, I mean... If you write a lot of books, you will get some traction because Amazon, assuming you're on Amazon and Amazon is the primary platform, you need to remember that if you write with Amazon and you release a book for the first month, it's a new release. The second month, it starts to drop off. And the third month, the book's on its own. So if you've got another book coming along, Amazon will recognize that and go with it. But when did it become an income? When I started spending money on advertising, I'm afraid. (laughs) And the problem is, if you want to push it, you have to spend a lot of money. And that can be difficult because what you spend on advertising today, you won't see into your bank account any profit for up to three months. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't realize it was as much as that. Are you an Amazon-only author? You only publish onto that platform? You're solely with them? 
I've considered going wide. I considered doing it on the last book. I thought maybe because printed books, Amazon Australia wasn't the way to go at that point in time. It's only in the last year or so that Amazon has been printed books. But if you want to get books, because the last book was about Australia, if I wanted to get that book into bookshops, bookshops would not buy from Amazon. They would buy from Ingram Spark. I set it up with Ingram Spark. I found Ingram Spark incredibly difficult. I mean, my background is technical, and it floored me how to how to do. If you set up a book on Amazon, their whole process, uh, their previewer, the information that comes back to you is great. So, so you can figure your way through it. But with Ingram Spark, it's basically put it up there, wait, wait time for them to come back, then re- then send it again, and so on and so on. I must admit, I just got a little frustrated with the process. Yeah, it's, but that's uh, the only way to get into a bookshop in Australia. I've seen that Ingram of because uh, obviously you have to pay as well to put your uh, put your work through Ingram, but they seem to have sliced the fees now. I think it's free to put your to put your work up. I guess it's free now. Mm, yeah, it's it's free, but I've. I've not processed. I've not progressed with them at this point in time. I'm trying to finish the 34 books. So my four o'clock schedule to finish this uh, 34th book is now three o'clock in the morning. Oh my goodness me! <laughs> That's okay. I, I mean, three o'clock in the morning is dark until seven. It's quiet. It's a lovely reflective time to try and immerse yourself in the story. Yeah. And that's the hard part. I mean, if you're if you're into writing. You have to be you have to be one with the story. You you can't be thinking about what you've got to do that day or the washing machines on the blink or the car needs a service. You just gotta you've just got to engross in the book. And that's hard and I find it increasingly harder. So you're um how you sit down now at three o'clock and do you just keep going till you run out of steam or you've gotten a specific word countdown or I would find that probably Around nine in the morning, I will start to fade away from it. I, I don't think I could, I couldn't sit there for twelve, thirteen hours to do it. Mm. Mm. But I, I just need to pick the best time to write. It doesn't matter. What was three o'clock? I mean, go to bed early. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what time do you go to bed? Oh, uh, pretty early. I mean, seven-ish, eight-ish. But, I mean, going to bed's not the same these days, is it? You can take your laptop with you to bed. Just get cosy. I mean, that's it. And then, yeah. then get up around three. So it doesn't yeah. matter. So you obviously dedicate that chunk of time to writing. We've heard in the the writing world that marketing can be equally important. Do you spend a lot of time with your marketing? Too much time. Too much time, oh goodness. So do you finish it, the writing it, and then go on to the marketing? or If someone is telling you that you can spend, spend 10, days a, 10, 10 minutes a day to do your marketing and so on, they're being a little, a little uh, untruthful, I would say, untruthful. I spend a lot of time. I've, I've accumulated quite a lot of data over the years because I've been running adverts for five years on Amazon. I, I've got a great deal of information i i know what basically works but i also know what doesn't work i don't have the foolproof secret i know if you get your keywords right your categories right your your blurb looking good also everything's spot on that doesn't guarantee that you're going to get a lot of sales marketing is so critical 
I would say that I spend half my time on marketing. Now, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want all I would prefer to do is is write mm. and then pass it over to someone else. But uh, at this point in time, I haven't found someone who can come to me and say, I can do this for you way and above what you're doing. Mm. And with them, did you still feel you had to do the marketing, even though you were producing, as you said, the 10 books in 10 months? Would that not have worked as a good feeding the algorithm? You still had to do all the ads on top of that? Well, it depends what you want to achieve. If you want to achieve, I mean, it depends what sort of writer you are. If you're a person who wants to write one or two books for, for your own satisfaction, if you want to make $100 a month out of your books and be happy with that, or if you want to make 1000 or 10000 a month or whatever, because bearing in mind, I, I, I think the market for book sales online is so large that there's effectively no limit to what you can achieve. So at the height of my at the height of my advertising and my book production, I, I, I was selling about eight hundred books per month on advertising alone, which I would not have had otherwise. And that eight hundred books will affect my my uh, ranking, which means I will get page throughs. I will get um, organic sales. Yes, I, I believe that depends if you want. To, to make a serious income out of it, you will have to advertise. And how did you how did you learn to do all this, Philip? Did you just play with it or were you learning as you went? Go on YouTube. There's plenty of information. There's plenty of rubbish, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but somewhere in amongst the rubbish, there are good people and, and you learn. So I learned how to set up the adverts. I set up, I learned how to optimize and analyze and so on. So I feel I can do it as well as anyone else. At first, I only used Facebook advertising. Now, Facebook advertising, if you've experimented with Facebook advertising, will take your money, whatever you do. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to advertise $10 a day on Facebook advertising, you better check you put $10 instead and you didn't put an extra zero on the end because they will take it. Now, I'm virtually 100% with Amazon advertising. I, I do sell a lot more books on Amazon. I feel it's easier to analyze. It's easier to see what the situation is with Amazon. And depending on the advert, you can also put in negative words, uh, which I, I think are probably more important than the positive words, because I know that if you look into Amazon search terms, you'll see free pops up all the time or book club. Negate those. Take them out of the equation. People do not buy books if they've entered book club, if the book's not on a book club. Mm. And if they've entered free, they're not going to buy a paid book. There may be some exceptions, but the exceptions are few. Yeah, that's that's really good advice there. And you said you've been doing the, the paid advertising for five years. Have you noticed, gosh, like an inflation with the cost of the ad adverts? With the times that we live in, with all the everything, costs of living rising, has paid advertising gone up? I've not noticed it so much in the click cost. I haven't evaluated that too much. And I must admit, if, if you write the way I do, like everyone, there are periods of time 
when you just had enough of it. And the trouble is if you drop off, if you drop the schedule for a few months, your rankings go down and it's hard to bring it back again. How to remain, how to put out a book every three months, say, for instance, year in, year out. It's tough. Yeah, sounds stressful. It does. And with your advertising, are you, how, how often are you doing the paid ads? Are you advertising your new book? Are you advertising your old book? I'll advertise the new book. I'll advertise the first books in the series. I'll use a sponsored brand uh, advert, which will have all the books from one series. But my best-selling book is a the first six books of a particular series, which I put into a box set. They're not literally a box set, but there's six books all in the one ebook. That book sells more than any on advertising, plus you get higher read-throughs because there's literally 1,800 pages. So if they if they read 1,800 pages, great. But, I mean, if they read three, four, five hundred 500 pages, you're ahead. Best book. Uh, so I would say you can't – if you're going to write a book, try and write series. A book series of three or a series of six, series of six. Yeah, no, that's that's good advice. And do you, you're obviously seeing a return on your investments for the advertising, I suppose, because you wouldn't do it otherwise, because it sounds like there's a lot of work involved, I would imagine. Do you look into different strategies all the time or you're quite happy with how it's working for you? I'm constantly evaluating, but I haven't found any dramatic alternative strategy to move it forward there's no there's no magical formula that or combination of keywords or whatever else i i believe i've got it fairly well organized i think the way to move it forward is to put out more books at a faster rate and to increase my engine my advertising budget as high as i can now i should say that i'm not doing it now because I found COVID a strange time. I should have been more active, but I found I wasn't more active. But if I go back three years, I was spending up to $10,000 a month on advertising. Now, that's a lot of money. But then again, I was spending $10,000 a month, but I was selling $20,000 worth of product. Now, if you're critical, I mean, you need a, you need a nerves of steel to do it, I must admit. Because a lot of adverts will look at that sort of level as though they're a waste of time. But they're not a waste of time because they are driving uh, impressions. They're driving clicks. They're driving page read-throughs. They're driving sales of other books, possibly. But you can't really evaluate it. There's no way of analyzing that. that. All I know is that if, I, if, if a person spends 100 and, and Sells two hundred, me two hundred after expenses, whatever else. They're a hundred dollars ahead. If you're spending ten thousand and selling twenty thousand, the same formula. But it's hard to build up to that level, and it's hard to maintain the level of work required to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I dropped off for a while, and uh, I'm I'm sort of rebuilding it again, slowly rebuilding it. But but you can't just go and slap a thousand dollars a day down on advertising with Amazon, Facebook. I'd say don't do it. Don't do it. But even with Amazon, firstly Amazon won't spend it. It's hard to get Amazon to spend your budget because that's the nature of Amazon. 
And even if you got them, and I found it, if you place a new advert, it's three to four days before you can see any response from it. Now, that might be because it's going through the system, or it may be just that's the way Amazon works it. I, I don't know. So if I want to build up to that, those giddy heights again, it's going to take me months to get there because oh. I'm not spending, I'm, I'm spending about a thousand at the, uh, a month at the present moment. But I, I, I know I need to get up to 10 and possibly higher. I mean, there are self-published authors spending $20,000, $30,000 a month on advertising. They are there. But they don't necessarily tell you who they are. They keep it quiet. Fair enough. My goodness. So that, that seems incomprehensible to me. But then if they're spending that, they must be doing pretty well from, for themselves as well. But do you, these big spends, um, and big earnings obviously come from having many books and a backlist. I take it an author with one or two books doing this is not going to just starting out. It's not going to be expecting to, to sort of be making that sort of stuff, are they? Well, I mean, there's always an exception to the rule. I suppose one in a thousand or one in ten thousand gets recognised. And uh, I mean, Harper Lee only ever wrote one book, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, that's <laughs> <I> true. Mean, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> there are exceptions, but the exceptions are rare. I mean, you need to write. You need to write the best you can. You need to reach a point where you say, it's as good as I can. Publish it. Then you need to move on and do the next book. I like to feel that every subsequent book is better than the previous book. That's, I mean, I think I can be a fairly good judge of my own books as to whether it stacks up against the competition. Mm. I know where my books stand. I'm pretty certain on that. But, um, yes, if I must admit, when I first wrote my, my first book, which was the uh, – I think that was the one about the pandemic, but this was a this was a a, a, a terrorist pandemic with a genetically engineered virus, which is very possible to do and not too difficult. But people don't want to be told of that fact. I thought I was about to set the literary world on fire, but <laughs> it didn't happen. I think if I wrote it today, maybe it would because I'd I'd I'd, I'd make a, a better job of it. it. It certainly didn't set the literary world on fire. So, yes, I, I just reasoned because uh, uh, of evaluation by by reading what other people were saying about writing, by, by going on YouTube and Google, and garnering the reality rather than, I mean, there's plenty of people out there tell you, you spend 10 minutes on advertising, make $1,000. I mean, there's plenty of those. But, uh, I mean, my criteria of someone who tells you that is to go and look what they've actually done. And you find that. Most of them haven't done that much. Do you feel that, uh, you know, a bit cliched, but authors need to spend money on their marketing and things to make money from their books? Do you think or do you think that do you have to spend money on marketing to see the rewards or do you think people could get by without spending a penny? It depends where what they want from their writing. I mean, not everyone wants to make an, uh, a, a high income from their writing. Not everyone wants to make an income at all. Some people are just enjoy the process. I mean, there's plenty of people who, who just love the process of writing something. It, 
uh, satisfies a creative urge of theirs to write a book and to see it printed and published. I mean, there's plenty of places in Australia that will publish a hundred copies of your book, print a hundred copies of your book for you. you. You can either try and sell them or give them to friends or whatever else. I mean, if that satisfies you, please just do it. But then again, for me, I, I believe I can write a competent book and I, I can also make good money from it. So I tried, but no one's going to buy no one's going to buy a bad book from me, no matter how much money I spend, because it's just not going to run. Mm. I mean, the, re- the reviews will be dreadful if it's, if it's total rubbish. Uh, so it won't work that either way. So, but I mean, you know, I, I still believe uh, more so than ever that I can ramp my uh, writing process up again, that I can advertise even harder than before and gain gain some recognition for it mm. i mean we've we've all bought books from the bookshop and some are good and some are not so good i mean <laughs> yes this is true <laughs> I, I mean there's one very famous author i'm not going to mention his name that, that i've read quite a lot a crime thriller book the book in the bookshop i mean i picked about 10 to 15 grammatical errors in the book i wouldn't expect to go to a bookshop and buy a book with grammatical errors but there it is no, absolutely. So, the, so the paid advertising is that your main marketing strategy? Do you do you use social media at all? Do you go on there and do posts and things like that, or not so much? You just focus on the paid ads. No, I don't. I don't. I, I considered it in the early days, but I, I don't think that's really my thing. That's the trouble. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm more I'm more solitary, happy to be with a keyboard and write the books and do whatever else. Uh, if, if you're more extrovert, I, I, that would be fine. That's one way. Every time I have a new book, of course, it goes on to Twitter and it goes on to Facebook, uh, but that's an automatic setup that it goes through to there because I, I have programs in place to do that. But I don't get involved really on any, prom- any discussions on social media at all. I mean, it's not my it's not my nature really to do it. So you, it's no use trying to be something you're not. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, I know it it can be overwhelming, especially to aspiring writers and and self indie published writers as well, because you're like a one man band trying to sort of do do it all yourself. And I don't think it's necessarily the easier option uh, by any means, but. Yeah, you just feel like when these new things come along, you're supposed to do this or that or, you know, I've heard as well, just choose one thing that suits you and do it effectively. And that's better than trying to spread yourself thin across everything. I mean, it's like people go on Twitter. You know, you hear about Twitter all the time. I can't understand Twitter. I mean, it makes no sense to me. I I, I, I just couldn't be bothered with it. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't know what they talk about. But anyway... They do, and to some people love it, but to me it, it leaves me cold. So uh, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. So, uh, yeah, I, do, I don't do much on social media. Hmm. Oh, fair enough. I always make sure. Uh, I, also, you need a mailing list. That's critical. Now, the problem is how do you get a mailing list? Yet again, money, really. I mean, you can put a reader magnet at the front and the back of your ebook, basically a little poster and they click on and it will lead through and they'll get a free copy. If you set it up with MailChimp or you have to use one of those mailing list companies to do it. Yet again, they cost money. I also have a reader magnet on my website, but how many people go to my website? 
Not a lot, but I get some. Hmm. So the only way, if you want a mailing list, now if you want 10 or 15 or 20 on your mailing list, that uh, then you need to, that's fine. But if you want 10 or 15,000 on your mailing list, you're going to have to spend money. Now, the most effective way, the probably, there's two ways, but really the way that can generate large numbers of emails is Facebook, lead generation ads. Basically, they click on the ad and it goes through the process. They don't have to fill in forms or sign anything else. But you're going to pay about 50 cents for each email address. Now, the problem is out of out of every 10 that you get, only two will be worthwhile. I mean, this is a reality. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you have a mailing list, <laughs> how many are, are, are genuinely interested and will uh, will buy your books or be interested in your books 20 percent. i mean that's about the average so you're going to spend about 250 for every worthwhile email but if they buy one or two books fair enough that's how it works i mean a lot of people will sign up for the free book and as soon as i send them some some little blurb about another book yeah. They unsubscribe. They're, they're gone. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> They've got what they wanted for free, and then they're off. But then, yeah, like you said, you could get uh, uh someone who is keen to know more, or uh, yeah, read on as well. So, yeah, well, you shared so many amazing tips and advice so far, Philip. Uh, mm. Is there anything else you want to share in terms of offering any more tips on marketing for authors to sell their books, or? Well, I mean, I, I think an author needs to decide where, where they're at. I mean, what they want from it. Uh, I, I mean, if they want to believe that a high income is possible, it is possible if you write a book that captures the imagination. But when anyone starts to write a book, they can have the confidence that's going to happen. But you don't know which book's going to take off. I mean, J.K. Rowling could have missed the boat totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she tried how many authors, how many publishers before she got a run? Yeah, it took about 12, I think, or it took her 12 months to get. And it was only yeah. because the teenage daughter of one of the publishers read the book. I mean, it, it, it's hit and miss. I mean, there must be on Amazon wonderful books, wonderfully crafted books, classics even, that no one's ever read because they, they never, they, they never got a run. They never were discovered. That's a fact. Yeah. And there are other books which you buy from the bookshop and you read them and you think uh, this isn't great. <laughs> have you found out if your that's been the case with some of your books? Some have obviously been. You said obviously the uh, the one that's got a lot in them, like the six books in one, sells a lot. But that's probably adding a lot of value. Has there been specific books of yours out of the thirty four that some have obviously done well than others? Yes. Some have done better than others. And I, I, I suppose, I mean, if you write a lot of books or, or write a few books, the book might be well edited and well presented, but the story doesn't always resonate. I mean, you're not, you start writing a book, you can't be sure of the end result. Or th those people who, who write a book and start looking for per uh, perfection, they'll never publish. I like to think every book I write is, I know it's a better book, but is it necessarily, uh, does the title grab people the same? Does the blurb, whatever, there's a lot of factors involved. I, th I think the best book I, 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 I wrote 
was a book I wrote in the early days, which has nothing to do with crime thrillers at all. And it was based on an article I read in an English newspaper about a drug smuggler's village on the northern border of Afghanistan in Tajikistan, you know, people at the end of the road. And uh, I based it around one of the women there who was at the end of the road. But I mean, it was heavily involved with uh, Tajikistan drug barons and Russian Russian KGB and uh, nefarious Afghan warlords and, and whatever else. It was very, very detailed. It never sold. Now, why didn't it sell? Maybe the market, I wasn't approaching the market correctly. I mean, it certainly doesn't appeal to a lot of people because it's pretty gritty. I mean, it's, you know, if you imagine those sort of places, these are rough places. I mean, I don't have to imagine I've been to that part of the world, not to a drug smuggler's village, but I've been to that part of the world. I I can imagine what it was because I've seen a lot of that, that sort of environment. I mean, it never sold. That's still my favorite book. You should should uh, do a special edition and get it out there again. Now might be different. Might well, be different I mean, the, well, yeah, but I mean, I, it's it's. I'm not quite sure what the market is for it. Certainly, the people who read crime thrillers would not read that. I mean, with someone who would want something, it's fairly gritty, but it's very detailed, and it's very close to what the situation is in that part of the world. I mean, I know because I've been to that part of the world. So I, I know what it's, I, I spend time in that part of the world. So, I, I mean, I have an understanding of what it's like. Yeah. I can feel for it. Yeah, that's it. Well, I honestly could talk to you all day, Philip. Uh, I could pick your brains forever. Um, but can you please tell our listeners where can they discover all your books and maybe get onto your mailing list, uh, you know, online and in stores if they are? Well, I mean, I, I have a website, uh, Philip Strang, just the one word, dot com. That's Philip with two L's, dot com. I'm also on Amazon. I'm also on Facebook as well, under Philip Strang Author. So they can find me there uh, as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time and expertise, Philip. It's been absolutely incredible. And I know that our listeners will be excited to run out and check out your books and uh yeah look into the fabulous marketing tips that you've provided not a problem it was good so there you have it folks the truly charmed words of philip strang please go and check out philip's site if you're into crime thrillers he's got so many amazing titles to choose from Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we hit 80 episodes. Can you believe it? Because I just can't. I can't believe that I have put 80 episodes out into the world. It absolutely blows me away. And to celebrate, we have a very special guest, Brock Swinson. He is the interviewer for Creative Screenwriting Magazine and author of Ink by the Barrel. He's also the host and creator of the Creative Principles Podcast. Ink by the Barrel is a book that he's recently put all the knowledge he's learned into the book, Secrets from Prolific Writers, which contains advice to help novice writers become prolific. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it for me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.